Greetings, everyone. This is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. This episode of the Steadfast and Law Podcast is brought to you by our friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. Being a responsibly armed American is both an honor and a responsibility, and it's not one to be taken lightly. If you own a gun, then you need the self-defense education, training, and self-defense liability insurance that you get with a USCCA membership. Click Learn More below right now to explore your membership options, which are risk-free with the USCCA's bulletproof money-back guarantee. Don't wait. Click Learn More right now. And as always, the USCCA is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. And if you've been paying attention to what happened in the case of Sergeant Daniel Perry down in Austin, Texas, that's the reason why you need to be covered by the United States Concealed Carry Association. We'll be right back. Ennis Cantor Freedom. He is a Turkish-born American professional basketball player who is currently a free agent. He was born in Switzerland to Turkish parents, but he was raised in Turkey and moved to the United States of America as a teenager. Freedom was selected as the third overall pick of the 2011 NBA draft by the Utah Jazz, and this is even without him playing college basketball here in the United States of America, and we'll talk about that. A center, Freedom played for five NBA teams during his 11-year career. Between 2008 and 2015, he represented the Turkish national team in international play. On November the 29th of 2021, Cantor became a U.S. citizen and officially changed his last name to Freedom. He has been an outspoken activist when it comes to Turkey and President Erdogan and has been one of the very few NBA players speaking out against the Chinese Communist Party. Ennis Cantor Freedom, welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Let's talk about you, you know your history. You come here to the United States of America. You're an incredibly talented basketball player. Uh, you got offered, you know, to go and play at the University of Kentucky. I'm kind of glad you didn't because I went to the University of Tennessee <laughs> and I absolutely hate, you know, the Wildcats when it comes to basketball. But tell us about early on, you know, you playing ball here in the United States and, of course, playing internationally. How were you able, because, you know, it's kind of unheard of, how were you able to jump right in and be so highly drafted in the NBA uh, in the 2011 draft? 
You know, I went, actually, my parents sent me to uh, America to play basketball and get my education at the same time. So yeah. that was the one of the biggest reasons that I um, I came here. And my family didn't want me to be in an environment uh, like Turkey, where the politicians, uh, when they want to be elected again, the, they attack others. They attack Americans. They attack Jewish people. They attack Christians. So, um so my dad didn't want me to grow up in an environment like that. So he sent me to America. I came here. I actually went to high school in Simi Valley, California. Yes. Then I went to college in Kentucky. It was a beautiful experience. I know I couldn't get to uh, play basketball because, you know, I was a professional player in um, in um, in Turkey. So I couldn't get to play, but I still had a lot of fun. I learned another language. I get to practice with my teammates and I got drafted by you know, by Utah Jazz. So it was an, it was an awesome experience, you know? So, um, I get to, you know, coming to America definitely opened so many doors with obviously so many questions, but it definitely opened, uh, opened my eyes. Well, you know, it's interesting that that was the case back for you in, in the, uh, the late two thousands there, because today when I look at college basketball, I mean, with the uh, name and license, and basically we have created mm -hmm. a, a free agency in college basketball with this transfer portal. It's almost as if we're treating college ba basketball and even college football athletes as professional athletes already. Right. I mean, no, no. When I mean in my my years, you know, I, I couldn't get to play because I was a professional. But you know, the, I I always hated the NCAA rules. If you ask my personal opinion yes, you know yeah. because they were just so harsh and and see itself making billions of dollars but the players you can't even buy them a lunch you know yeah so uh i mean i lost i turned down millions of dollars in overseas and come here came here to play college basketball and when they said no you're not eligible to play and that was just very fr frustrating so yeah, I can imagine. And and like I say today, you know, I always believed if they had just given these young athletes some type of stipend, but now we have, you know, like I say, the NIL and all of this uh, transfer portal getting involved, we are allowing money to come in and get involved in college yeah. athletics and sports. So, you know, what was it like? you know, playing in the National Basketball Association. And, you know, I remember reading about how you talked, you were so excited about going to Utah because of the fan base out there. There are very incredible fans in Utah. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that experience of being a National Basketball Association athlete. It was, it was amazing. Obviously, you know, I got drafted by third, third pick, so it was the highest uh that anyone got drafted by the in the Turkey. So I was definitely an honor for me. And Utah was an amazing place because, uh, you know, because the Mormons, they're really close to my religion. So there was not many distractions. I could have focused on basketball. Mm -hmm. We had a beautiful uh, three and a half years. Uh, we made the playoffs and we had so many good runs. Um, you know, I think, you know, getting drafted, uh, you know, seeing Coach Cal, not sure if you like him or not, but no, uh, he was an amazing, amazing coach to me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, representing not only myself, but my country, uh, my my family, my school, everyone. Uh, it was definitely an honor. So getting especially top three pick is like the whole world talking about you. So I yeah. did have so much fun. Now, when you look at the five teams that you've played with, I mean, Utah, you've been with Boston. Uh -huh. I think you did a little time here in Texas even. 
what was your most memorable team? What what was your best experience? Would you say? I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love all of them, but like as a fan base, definitely Oklahoma. But obviously, as a city and yeah, uh, the New York you cannot beat New York. Uh, it was unbelievable, especially like when you know whenever we play games, there's this thing this thing called celebrity role, right? Uh -huh. So like I literally used to stop watching the games, and I was like, okay, which game? <laughs> Which celebrity came to the game? You see, like, Shakira, you see Ronaldo, you see, like, these, like, amazing, like, A-plus, whatever celebrities coming in watching you play basketball. I'm like, this is, like, the coolest thing. And it's also, like, Madison Square Garden was just, yeah. it's just different, man. You know, there is so many different arenas, so many different, you know, basketball court, but... MSG, you can never, you can never beat that. Did you get a chance to meet Spike Lee? Because I know he's a regular. I, I did. You know, yeah. many of them actually became our really good friends. And Spike Lee, I see Tracy Morgan, Ben Stiller every day. You know, they were just huge basketball fans. And like, I used to, I, I remember like, I used to like start texting them and like start DMing them and stuff. And when they said like, hey man, you know, good game last night, we are a big fan of you. And I'm like, I grew up watching you. You know, especially like Ben Stiller. I'm like, I grew up watching you. You're like one of my childhood heroes. And you're telling me I am your hero. I was like, wow, that's that's very special. But isn't that, you know, and this is the essence, what I think America is, the equality of opportunity that says one day you're watching someone on television and then the next day they're paying to come watch you. The opportunity to be able to do that. You know, my, my 22 years in the Army, we used to have a motto that has come back. It was called, said, be all you can be. So when you decided, you know, to, to get your American citizenship, what did that mean to you? And, and changing your last name to freedom, what does that word mean to you? You know, I remember, you know, when I was in high school, um, after the practice, we are sitting down with my teammates and we're just, you know, having conversations and laughing and stuff. So I'm looking at my phone and one of my teammates was, he was criticizing the president. He was saying something against him. And I'm, I'm like, I immediately turned around. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He said, what happened? I was like, I saw your post. I was like, okay. I was like, well, you might be in jail tomorrow. And all my teammates started to laugh. And I'm like, why? I was like, why are you guys laughing? They said, buddy, this is not Turkey. This is America. And I was like very confused. I'm like, what are you talking about? They said, well, we have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of expression. Not, not just, you would not be jailed just because of you say something against the government or president. And I was like very confused. I thought they were just talking to a different language because I never my whole life experienced anything like that before. My manager's wife, She's Turkish and her dad liked one of my tweet on Twitter. He was in jail for 13 days wow. for liking a tweet. So, um, so the, 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 the time goes on my college teammates and even NBA teammates, when the conversation was about Turkey, not China, they were really supportive. They were explaining me the things that we have in America and stuff. So I was like, this word is like the one of the most beautiful things that the human being can have. So let, let me just make this word part of me and carry it everywhere yeah. I go. So in every arena, people can chant freedom and freedom. You know, all these kids can be inspired. So that's how I changed my last name. That's incredible. But, you know, the challenge that I think we have now in America is that for whatever reason, we're seeing this censorship.
we're starting mm-hmm. to see some of the things that you once upon a time never would have believed would happen. I mean, I remember as a young lieutenant in the Army when I went uh, on the other side of Checkpoint Charlie to East Berlin, and the things that I saw there and the philosophies that I never thought would be here. What is your your warning to the American people when you see some of the very disturbing things that are happening here in America, because I think a lot of Americans who have never really traveled anywhere or had any experiences outside these borders, they don't understand, you know, what they could be losing here. So what's your thoughts and perspectives on that? So my last year in NBA, right, I'm sitting down with my teammates and uh, that's when I started to criticize China and started to talk about this and that. So I remember the conversation that they were having. They were criticizing America. They're saying, well, America is so bad. We have this. We are terrible, blah, blah, right? I was like, I joined the conversation. I stopped them for a second. I was like, listen, guys, season is about to be over, you know, in a couple months. And when the season is over, let me take you guys in some of the countries out there like Iran, like China, like Russia, like uh, North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba. I can go on and on, right? And I will, you guys will see the real dictatorship there. Let me see if you guys can forget about going out there and interviewing about the government. Let me see if you guys can even tweet about those governments. You will be, and also your family members will be tortured and raped in, Turkey, uh, in, in jails, you know? So... To my message to Americans are we need to be wake up before it's too late because Turkey was a democratic country before yes. Erdogan, you know, and you lose it in a heartbeat. If you don't care about it enough, if you take it for granted, you will, you could literally lose it in a heartbeat. So um, obviously I'm not putting Turkey and America in the same, uh, same, same caliber, whatever, but like it's, it, it could still happen. You know, well, you, the more I research the more i realized you know when the whole china thing happened nba is not the only one you know you see hollywood wall street academias big tech congress local congresses farmland and i'm like like this is getting out of control and we have to do something about it well you bring up a great point because if you go back and you understand you know the father father of modern turkey kamal ataturk and what he wanted turkey to be he 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 wanted a secular Islamic nation. Yeah. He he wanted a nation that was not focused on being a theocracy. And he wanted a democratic nation and those institutions. But you're right. Since Erdogan has come to power and it's very disconcerting because you know Turkey Turkey is a NATO member. You have seen the suppressions of rights and freedoms and liberties and things of this nature. And if I'm correct, they even put a bounty out on yeah. you. Uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, yeah. what kind of country has Turkey become now? It's it's sad to see what's my country going through, actually, because Turkey could have been the bridge of Islam and West. Yeah. But just because of all these things that are happening right now, it's impossible, you know. Um, and Turkey was a secular uh, country, but right now it's easiest way to brainwash people is to use religion. And, and Erdogan is doing that. Whenever he goes on the rallies and he holds the holy book of Quran and says, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing for the name of God. So if I am corrupt, if I'm stealing from people, if I'm doing putting innocent people in jail, I'm doing for the name of God, I'm for, doing for the sake of country. And people are like, oh, my God, he's doing it for the God. So let's just vote for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you notice 
if you're in Middle East, especially in countries like Turkey, if you want to be elected again, you do two things. You attack America, you attack Israel. People, the base is so uneducated. They're like, wow, look at our leader. He's standing tall against America. He's standing tall against Israel. So let's vote for him. Yeah. In some of the countries in Middle East, front of classes in schools, they have American flags and they have Israeli flags. And if you are a little kid, if you're a student, if you don't step on these flags, you're not allowed to attend the class, hmm. you know? So I'm coming from an environment like that. And Turkey is now becoming more and more uh, bad because, like like I said, again, Turkey could be the bridge of East and West. Yeah, But I don't see it as happening till Erdogan is gone. Is, is far more radicalized, and you do have a, a theocracy that is coming apart, and you do have a dictator there. Let's transition talk about China, because I see China as our number one geopolitical foe. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been very outspoken as far as the NBA and their relationship. And I cannot understand why, with all the human rights violations, you know, you have NBA players that are talking about human rights violations and racism and things in the United States of America, but yet they will go completely silent when they're talking about China. What? what because is it hits the, their pocket. Well, that's what I'm saying. What is the stranglehold that a, the Communist Chinese Party has, not just on the NBA, but, but on the United States of America with some of the things that we're seeing? So I started realizing that actually, you know, just very like recently, because the, the the last 10 years I started to focus on Turkey because obviously my plate was full. I haven't seen my family for 10 years. I was just like focused on that dictatorship. But, you know, the more I remember I'm doing a basketball camp last summer, right? And all the kids just lined up front of me. They're taking pictures, getting autographs. And I took a picture with this kid and his parent called me out in front of everybody and said, how can you call yourself a human rights activist when your Muslim brothers and sisters are getting tortured and raped every day in concentration camp in China? And I'm still smiling for the camera. So the, I heard the that. Uyghurs, the Uyghurs. We're yes, talking Uyghurs. About. I heard that, and I'm like, I promise I'm going to get back to you. I went back to my hotel. I started to research and re- like research about what's going on, but. On the internet, you can't find all kind of news. We, we, we like you don't know which one to trust or not. So I called my manager. I was like, you know what? I need you to find me a concentration camp survivor. So he found me a lady. We sit down, had a conversation. You know, she was telling me about all the torture methods, all the, you know, organ harvesting for sterilization and abortion and gang raping. And I'm like, I just couldn't believe it. At the end of our conversation, I asked her, I was like, okay, what can I do to help you? She said, I'm good. I don't need your help. So I was like, so we just had this one-hour conversation for no reason? She said, no. She said, I live in America. I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. I can eat whatever I want. I can go wherever I want. Help those two, three million, you know, Uyghurs are in concentration camps are getting tortured and raped every day. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I have to help those people because the thing is, no one could have, challenge me because it's not it's non-political it doesn't matter you from the right you from the left you vote for biden obama trump whoever you vote for you have to care about human rights you know so um i started to speak up and obviously it did hit nba's pocket because china literally canceled every celtics game in television in a halftime first game 
it took them 24 minutes and then uh that was it 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 is disturbing to me and i'm sure quite disconcerting to people watching this interview that the communist chinese party could put a kibosh on the national basketball association and we kowtow to them and and this is just a sports event. Now, when you translate that to the bigger foreign policy mm -hmm. issues that we have, you know, why is it that we have ceded so much power to to the Communist Chinese Party? Is is it so important for the NBA to have a Chinese market for for basketball that they can't stand up? against these human rights violations. I mean, when I see kids in Hong Kong carrying an American flag mm -hmm. and singing the national anthem, but yet I see kids here in America, you know, burning an American flag and talk about how America is bad, it's almost as if I want to switch those groups of young people and say, okay, you go stay in Hong Kong for a little while and, and see, you know, what's going on there. Why, why is it? that we are kowtowing to China in such a way? And why is it that you saying such simple truths, asking such simple questions, you're getting some type of backlash against that because you of know, that? For, for them, it is all about money and business. That's it. You know, when NBA put us in a bubble two years ago, I'm sure you followed it very, very closely. You know, they were all about social justice, which, yeah. which I respect, you know. I've, we have freedom of protest in this country. Uh, if you're a, if you're a peaceful protester, sure, that's what you believe in, and I cannot say nothing against it. So, they were putting all this, you know, uh, logos on the floor and yes, phrases behind our jersey, which was controlled by the NBA. You know, uh, we couldn't pick what we wanted to pick. So, if you if you wanted to pick "Stand in Hong Kong" behind your jersey, you couldn't you couldn't because NBA wasn't allowed. Anyway, so. Uh, I will, and they were going out there. They were the first organization said, we are more than basketball league. We care about social justice and blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's your what's what you believe in. Stand up for it. But then two years later, this happened. You know, I started to criticize China. I started to, you know, talk about the human rights violation, which is a non-political issue, you know. And all my friends, everyone literally just vanished. You know, they were just nowhere to be found. And I asked my teammates, I'm like, dude, like, just join me. We'll create a movement. We talk about human rights and political prisoners, you know? They said, well, you know, I think what you're doing is so amazing. We love you. We support you, but we just cannot do it out loud. I, I was like, why? They said, well, we have shoe deals, endorsement deals. We have jersey sales. We want to get another NBA contract. <laughs> I asked them one simple question. I was like, put yourself in their shoes. If your mother, if your sister, if your daughter was in those concentration camps, getting tortured and raped every day, would you still pick money and business over your morals? They usually turn around and leave the room. It was the perfect moment for me because it was just right before the Beijing Olympics. So I literally try to reach out to everyone. Forget about an NBA. I'm, I, I try to reach out to NFL, MLB, NHL, MLS. I even try to reach out to Olympians, which was going to go to uh, Beijing for Winter Olympics. They all said the same thing. You know, I don't want to expose who they are here because there are some like very like big names. And I yeah. ha I had I promised them I was like, I'm not going to tell you who you are, but just join me. You know, anyway, um, 
it's just sad to see what people are like. Will they will care about you know social justice until it hits their pocket? NBA knew when you stand up for the things that are happening in America, you're not gonna lose any money in endorsement endorsement deals. But you say anything about China, it's a billions, it's a billions of dollars of contract, whatever, every year, and you will lose all of it. Well, I'm I'm gonna say this, you know, having like I said, served in the military and been in combat zones, I think it's cowardly that you use the freedoms that you have here in our country to attack this country. You have the right to do it. But then when you are faced with the exact same thing, and even worse, from another country that is really a foe of this country, you're silent. Be- mm-hmm. Because, like you say, it lines your pocket. So can this be changed? I mean, what is your hope that this can be changed? I mean, so the... the- I actually started to ask this question to myself. I was like, we are calling ourselves the freest country in the world, but are we really free? How can that evil empire like China can fire an American citizen in, in you know, in an organization, 100% American or organization like MBA? So I was like, started to ask this question to myself. And then the more I researched, the more I realized MBA is not the only one. Like I said, again, Hollywood, Wall Street, academias, mm-hmm. big tech, farmland. So um, I think one thing we need to do is, first, we definitely have to educate our youth, because if you want to have a better and brighter future, we have to educate our youth. And the second thing, I think tweeting about it, bringing awareness, interviewing is good and amazing. Well, we have to take some concrete actions. Look what look, look at what is uh, TikTok is doing. You know, we are worried about a Chinese spy balloon and everyone is making a big deal, which is it is a big deal. But no one is literally was talking about 150, over 150 million Americans have this Chinese app, spy app on their phone. And they can literally just manipulate our youth. Why China is not allowing Western apps like YouTube, Google, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, but we are allowing a Chinese app, which we know that they're spying on us with that app in our country. You know, so we have to take some concrete actions. We have to like put bills out there. We have to bring some, you know, uh, concrete actions in Congress and Senate. And that's what the lawmakers should come in and our administration should come in and say enough is enough. Our, our administration should be more strong against these dictatorships out there. Well, hopefully we have less and less people that are on the payroll of the Communist mm-hmm. Chinese Party because their checkbook is pretty thick. And, uh, you know, in the areas of academia, uh, in our politics, in our business, entertainment, all over the place, they're writing checks to people. And we've got to have folks that think about the American interests and the interests of freedom and not their own special interests. What's next for Ennis Cantor Freedom? Good question. I mean, I wish I I mean, I'm 30 years old. I could have played five, six years. You're a puppy. (laughs) I mean... You know, I'm healthy, yeah. I feel good. I am in, still in shape. I actually still work out. So I wish I could say basketball because, I mean, at the end, I love basketball. You yeah. know, I am mad at the NBA for what they're doing, but I love basketball. It was my childhood dream to become an NBA player, and I did it. And now, for what I believed in, it, it's gone. So I wish I could say basketball, but not in NBA, not in Europe, because uh, 
they don't want me to stay in a country for more than three days because of the bounty uh, on my head. So I don't think bas basketball is going to happen. So I created a foundation. Um, you can learn more from it, from nsfreedom.org um, and stuff. So I organize these basketball camps around the world where I can, where I invite Christians, Muslims, and Jewish kids and just play basketball. We don't talk about no conflict. We don't talk about no wars. I actually did one in uh, Israel and I invited like, Israelis and Palestinians and we literally play basketball they said you're crazy they're not gonna play basketball they're gonna fight but I was like you know what let's give it a try and I think sport is an amazing tool to bring people together so uh that's what I'm trying to do right now and a lot of people are saying politics but maybe I think it's too early well let me make a suggestion you have a passion for this country correct mm -hmm. yes you have a passion for basketball correct yep you have a passion for young people, correct? Yes. I think you need to be a basketball coach at either a high school or a small college here in the United States of America. And I would just ask that you pray about that uh, because you are the reason why myself and four generations in my family have worn a uniform and fought for this great yeah. nation and fought for liberty and freedom for others. And I would love to see you out there giving your message of hope and of liberty and freedom to young people through your skills and talents as a basketball player. So where can people follow you once again, if you can share that with everyone? It's, uh, it's very easy. You know, you can follow me on uh, at NS Freedom on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I usually don't follow anyone because they usually like try to hack me all the time yeah so i don't want i don't want uh, i don't want other governments to uh, to hack my friends or the yeah. people i follow but uh yeah at, at ns freedom on twitter and instagram well thank you so much for taking time to be with us here at the steadfast and law podcast and when you make that decision to become a basketball coach let me I'll be let one of the first sure. to know okay it's all a right. great idea thank you so much god bless you and thank you so much ennis Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Special thanks to Ennis Cantor Freedom for taking time out of his schedule to be with us. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please click the like button, share it with others. And until next time, Steadfast and Loyal. Before they burn it down.